The word today is pre-ante penultimate to describe the ordinal nature of this day out of the 30 days that go by the name September. 27 is also a cube of three, but that fact is not as relevant as we are now on the eve of the eve of the eve of October. I'm Sean Tubbs, promising readers and listeners alike that no more math is involved in this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. On today's program, city police are seeking leads on an investigation into an overnight stabbing at Market Street Park alleged to have occurred this past weekend. Amazon Web Services has filed a plan with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to disturb federal waterways to build one of two data center campuses. Albemarle County has begun the process of finding out what community members think about local government services, and City Council is briefed on a financial sustainability plan for public housing sites and is asked to consider $15 million in funding for the redevelopment of West Haven. In today's penultimate subscriber-supported shout-out, there are two health-related events coming up in the community, and perhaps you or someone you know should attend. First, September is Sickle Cell Disease Awareness Month, and there's a blood drive taking place on September 29th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Mount Zion First African Baptist Church at 105 Lankford Avenue. Everyone is welcome, but black donors are especially asked to donate blood because one in three will match a patient with sickle cell disease. Four tickets to a UVA home football game will be raffled off at the drive. The next day, at the same location, there will be a Men's Health Day event from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be health screenings, tournaments, giveaways, and food catered by the Mount Zion First African Baptist Church Nutrition Ministry. Free transportation is available. Contact me for that contact information. As the number of tents in a downtown Charlottesville park continue to grow, the Charlottesville Police Department issued a request for information about a stabbing believed to have occurred early Sunday morning. The press release says that officers were dispatched to UVA Medical Center for a report of a victim who had suffered several stab wounds. The victim is currently in stable condition. This is not believed to be a random attack. That's all according to the press release that was sent out today. Anyone with information is asked to call the Crime Stoppers tip line at 434-977-4000. Tomorrow, Police Chief Michael Kochis will hold a press conference to release information about an allegation of police brutality earlier this month in the park when officers were enforcing the park's hours of operations. That allegation was made at the September 18th City Council meeting. Two days later, city manager Sam Sanders lifted the curfew in the park while the investigation continues. I have reports that there are now 15 tents in the park. A company called REB Investment Company has filed a joint application with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to disturb waterways in the footprint of one of two planned data centers in Louisa County to be built by Amazon Web Services. The Lake Anna Tech Campus will be built on 153 acres on Kentucky Road in Louisa as part of an $11 billion investment in the county announced late last month. 
Here's a section from the summary of the filing. As proposed, the project would permanently impact 0.081 acres of Palestrine forested wetlands, 0.07 acre of Palestrine scrub shrub wetlands, 0.09 acre of Palestrine emergent wetlands, and 3,059 linear feet of stream channel. Such disturbances have to be avoided at all costs or mitigated, and in this case, the applicant will purchase wetland and stream credits. They'll also have to demonstrate to the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality that water quality regulations will be followed. The plan shows a two-story administration building, two support buildings, and seven buildings for the data center equipment. A public comment period is open through October 26th. Hat tip to Data Center Dynamics for this story. There's a link in the newsletter. If you live in Albemarle County, check your mailbox to see if you've been selected to respond to a community survey. If not, and you really want to grade the county, staff will open up an online survey later this fall. Here's a section from a community notice of the survey. Survey responses help inform strategic planning, resource allocation, and program offerings. But most importantly, the survey allows us to formally check in with our community to see how we are doing to deliver services. Albemarle last conducted such a survey in late 2019, resulting in a 369-page report that showed high amounts of satisfaction for public safety services and the Parks Department, but a much lower amount of satisfaction with land use planning as well as recycling services. The community notice continues. Since that time, we initiated a comprehensive plan update and a zoning ordinance modernization project and introduced electronic submission for many land-used applications. The notice also notes that solid waste convenience centers have been opened in Ivy and Keene, with a third in the planning stages. The Center for Survey Research at the Weldon Cooper Center at the University of Virginia will once again prepare the results. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's ultimate shout-out, are you interested in a climate-friendly, family-friendly way to replace short car rides? Have you heard about e-bikes? Wondering what kind might be right for you? Join Livable Seaville on Sunday, October 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Tonsler Park in Charlottesville for a fun afternoon with lots of e-bike owners you can talk to and several types of e-bikes you can take for short test rides. Everyone is invited to their e-bike demo day. Registration is recommended, and to learn more, please visit livableseaville.org. One big story today, and it comes from something that happened nine days ago, but I don't think you've seen this in the headlines just yet. The agency that owns and operates public housing sites and other affordable housing units throughout Charlottesville wants a major investment from city council to redevelop West Haven in the 10th and Page neighborhood. John Sales is the executive director of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. The acts from the city will be $15 million. We're projecting that's going to be a $150 million project, which is 10% of uh, the overall budget for that project. 
The redevelopment is part of a sustainability plan that's been developed by the firm Northern Real Estate Urban Ventures. That same firm assisted the University of Virginia in selecting three sites for its commitment to develop between 1,000 and 1,500 affordable housing units. This is the latest ask from CRHA, an agency that will receive $9 million for redevelopment from the city over the next three years in the Capital Improvement Program. Earlier this year, Council agreed to give $5 million towards CRHA's $10 million purchase of the 74 units across the city known as Dogwood Housing. That purchase is not within the scope of the sustainability plan yet, nor are the three other land purchases made by CRHA within the last year. Council last reviewed the planning for the sustainability plan in March of this year. They got an update from the firm's Gina Merritt at the meeting on September 18th. The intent of the study was to demonstrate the ability of the agency to be a viable organization over the long term and to prove that the agency's plan for redevelopment helps to elevate and stabilize the agency's overall long-term financial position. The work involved a thorough review of CRHA's public housing stock, as well as market research. We did conceptual plans for two sites. We researched and produced case studies. We developed a roadmap, which include outlining of goals for the whole, whole study. We formulated, along with CRHA, a redevelopment strategy for the balance of the portfolio. And then, lo and behold, we created this sustainability plan. Merritt said CRHA will work with development partners to redevelop specific sites and renovating some of the existing low-density sites. CRHA would earn additional revenue from selling some properties, perhaps, collecting developer fees, and getting more money from those redeveloped properties. Overall, CRHA's portfolio has aged over the decades. And essentially what we found is that in order to bring these assets up to par and extend their useful life, uh, including all of the deferred maintenance, it would cost uh, CRHA $40 million in, in basically capital expenses. The sustainability plan suggests redevelopment by creating a series of privately owned developments that are still managed by the public Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. Under one scenario, CRHA would expand from around 376 units to 896 total units. Merritt referred to 405 Avon Street, the site of a former automotive repair shop purchased by the CRHA in 2010. The 1.2-acre site will be zoned Node Mixed-Use 10 under the Future Development Code. Small site, but high value in terms of the ability for an outside developer to come and build, say, a market rate development, that it could be worth selling that property and yielding a significant uh, value for the sale of the land, right? And being able to create a reserve uh, for CRHA for the future. The two parcels that make up that site have a 2023 assessment of $2.649 million. One of the scenarios for this project assumes that CRHA could get $10 million to sell the property. The other is for a long-term lease. There are two scenarios for development in the packet, neither of which would include a public subsidy. A public subsidy would be requested to assist with the redevelopment of West Haven, CRHA's oldest residential complex. The sustainability plan has three scenarios. We looked at three different options in terms of density. You know, all of them really uh, need between 66 and about $34 million in subsidy. And so that's what we, um, we looked at in terms of strategy. Can we do 
um, development plans with differing densities to determine how much capital would be needed. Merritt said the redevelopment plan would yield $23 million in developer fees, $11 million from the sale of the Avon Levy site, and $21 million in additional cash each year. All of this depends on CRHA continuing to change the way it does business with a mixture of different revenue streams from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and by improving upon rent collection. The sustainability plan assumes positive redevelopment will yield financial results. For the next 20 years, 30 years, you will see that the agency actually starts making a lot more money uh, because one, you're creating new voucher opportunities, you're collecting more rent, you're collecting fees on those vouchers, and you're, uh, again, redeveloping the properties, collecting developer fee, as well as being able to sell an asset. Yields a lot of cash for the sustainability for the, for the agency. Merritt said CRHA has a very generous development partner. The name wasn't mentioned, but it's Riverbend Development. The Housing Authority, right, has a great partner in Charlottesville that they work with that helps support the transactions from a financial perspective and allows the Housing Authority to collect all of the developer fee, which is just awesome, right? Because what you typically see is housing authorities are making 25 or 50 percent of the developer fee. Later in the discussion, Sales explained more about what those fees actually are. So developer fees are captured when you develop a project. These are Crescent Halls and South First Street Phase 1 are the first project CRJ has developed since public housing was created. Sales said that in those two projects, half of the developer fees were put back into the project to cover cost overruns to avoid asking the city for more money for more funds to complete them. Now back to that $15 million ask for funding for West Haven's redevelopment. That request was not formally within the packet of the work session, but was the main point of council's discussion. Sales said West Haven will be redeveloped with input from existing residents. Been engaging with them already. We're looking to hire an architect. Okay. Uh, we're getting uh, ready to put that out now. Um, so through the engagement process so far, we've talked to residents about uh, economic opportunities in the site, childcare facilities, or recreational facilities, mm -hmm. uh, and of course more housing, including home ownership opportunities. Such a home ownership opportunity will be part of the second phase of CRHA's redevelopment of the Sixth Street property. A nonprofit called simply Preservation of Affordable Housing will develop a two-acre site at 10th and Wortland as part of UVA's initiative. Sales said he's been in talks with that entity already about possibly having some of those units be used to relocate some of the existing residents of West Haven on a temporary basis during construction. In addition, CRHA is partnering with Piedmont Housing Alliance for the redevelopment of the Piedmont site on Fontaine Avenue. Sales said the local investment is necessary due to gradual reductions in federal funding over time. He also said he will ask Merritt and her team to add revenues from the non-public housing that CRHA now runs into the financial stability plan. That portfolio dogwood alone, um, just the 74 units produce more than all of our public housing units combined in a month. Sales said CRHA also collects a small fee for allowing bonds for the redevelopment of Midway Manor to be issued under its legal authority. We're talking to two other developers about doing that for their project, where CRJ is going to get a small fee every year um, for providing tax bonds. 
Sales said the $50 million in city investment for West Haven would be leveraged to raise up to $150 million to apply for grants, such as HUD's Choice Neighborhoods program. Uh, we think West Haven will be a great candidate based upon its history. Um, and so we're going to put in an application for that, and uh, that will be for $50 million. Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade said he wanted to support the $15 million, but wanted to know when the money would be required. Sales said the official ask would be for $3 million a year, beginning in fiscal year 26th. The current capital improvement program already shows $3 million for that year. This story is far from over, and stay tuned to Charlottesville Community Engagement, the only entity that is covering these issues as in-depth as I can. I wish I could do so much more, and maybe one day we will. But today is the end of number 582, and I have been wanting to write up that CRHA story since I first previewed it in the week ahead last week, and now I finally had a chance to do so. I don't think any other entity is covering this story in depth, and I really would have liked to have had it out more quickly. There's a lot of activity happening in local government as elected and appointed officials work towards solutions. These solutions are usually complex, and that's what I aim to break down in a meaningful way and uh, hundreds of you are paying for it. And there are now thousands reading and maybe dozens listening. If you're reading this, I do hope you know that if you listen, you will have the opportunity to hear people speak in their own voices, just like on public radio. All of this is part of Town Crier Productions, and if you want to keep it going, please consider paying for a subscription through Substack and the internet company Ting will match your first payment. Thanks again, and now it's time to get ready for 583. Goodbye for now.